0: You're listening to episode 11 of PST Weekly. And before we get started in this week's episode, I want to talk to you guys about Mike Emhoff Motorsports. MEM is the official parts supplier of the Patriot Sprint Tour, where at every single PST sanctioned event, you will find a fully stocked parts trailer so drivers can get the parts they need to keep them on the track and not sitting in the pits while the sprint car racing is going on. Whether you race a 305, 360, or even a 410, Mike Emhoff will have the highest quality of products for your sprint car. To see his full list of inventory, Please be sure to visit MikeEmhoff.com. Hello once again, race fans, and welcome to PST Weekly, the official podcast of the Patriot Sprint Tour. I'm your host, Paul Harkner, the media director of the Patriot Sprint Tour. Another exciting episode this week where we talk with the k Ontario, Canada driver, Corey Turner. Really good conversation with Corey. Uh, I've always enjoyed talking to Corey in the pits, uh, whether we're at a Canadian track like Merrittville, last weekend, uh, sometimes Brockville and Cornwall. Um, almost always has his uh, brother Ryan and his father Jamie along there with him. So really good interview with uh, Corey Turner. Um, as far as this past weekend, we saw the All-Stars uh, kick off their exhibition season. And I think it's safe to see we're almost back to normalcy, people. Yeah, that's right. We saw Donnie Schatz win a sprint car race. So it doesn't get much more normal than that, especially if you're talking before the season of 2017. And I wonder how much do people want things to be that normal again um to be quite honest i sure do uh, so donny shots wins friday night aaron reitzel wins their saturday night at the scrubbins motorsports uh, park i believe that's how it is down there in georgia the first time that the all-stars were there since 2012 and so really good showing of cars uh i believe it was uh, 37 the first night and then 39 there on night two so uh donny shots Career All-Star win number 19, Aaron whole career win number 37. And so quite normal for uh, those uh, sprint car drivers, the 410 fraternity, uh, seeing those two guys in victory lane. Uh, heading into uh, this coming weekend, the World of Outlaws kick off their season this coming Friday night at the uh, Volusia Speedway Park down there in um, Barberville, Florida. And really interested to see what this could be in store for the All-Star outlaws excuse me in uh, 2021 because uh, it's been uh, Brad Sweet's been the kind of the guy to beat the last two seasons uh, nipping down his shots last year and then he was a little more comfortable heading into Charlotte uh, this uh, this past year over Logan Shuhart so you know Logan's gonna have a very strong program and then David Grabble with a new team we'll see how well he meshes but he's been very strong uh, the last uh, six or so seasons and now you're starting to see what Sheldon can do uh, now entering his fourth year with the Outlaws, in which we kind of saw that breakout season with David Gravel, which was in his year four or five. So I think we're starting to see a development of a like a fantastic five, which will be these five drivers that will be insanely tough to beat night in and night out. Which will be Donnie Schatz, Brad Sweet, Logan Schuhart, David Gravel, and now you can we can I think we can officially add Sheldon Hoonshield. And so those will typically be the guys to beat. Um, As far as some local guys, uh, we do have a couple guys heading south to do some racing this coming weekend at East Bay. And uh, maybe a little bit of a preview into next week's episode, we might be talking to one of those drivers. Um, And so, in order to find that out, you're going to have to listen to this week's episode, which, as we mentioned, is with uh, Corey Turner. And uh, we talked with Corey about his past season racing just in Canada. He was getting some racing in at Merrittville. Humberstone and then he did do a race at uh, Cornwall Motor Speedway and so he was able to get seven races in he had a pretty good season and we'll, we'll kind of talk about all that for the season what was and what to look forward to in 2021 for Corey Turner um, and so without further ado let's move into this week's episode with Corey Turner. All right joining me on the phone now is uh, this week's uh, Canadian guest with us uh, Corey Turner. Corey Turner uh, comes from from Kastor Center Ontario uh, Corey, uh, welcome to this week's show of PST Weekly, and uh, I guess, how has your off-season been so far?
1: Thank you very much for having me, Paul. Uh, it's been pretty good. You know, uh, my wife and I just moved into a new house, so uh, that's, that's kept us pretty busy, and uh, you know, we've been busy in the shop, rebuilding, not a lot of racing that went on here in 2020, but uh, things are looking positive for 2021. We're hoping we're going to get uh, get a lot more shows in, and hopefully in the summertime we can get, uh, get down to the south of the border and do some racing in the New York state and Pennsylvania and Ohio. And, uh, you know, hopefully things uh, can really open up here shortly and go from there.
0: Yeah. Corey, how would you grade uh, 2020 though? Uh, you only get seven starts in, uh, it was an up and down year. Oh yeah. A couple of seconds, another podium finish. Um, what can you take though from 2020?
1: We, um, in the past, we've always been a little inconsistent. We've been good at times, inconsistent others. And I feel like our consistency was, was very good this year. Every time we hit the track, I don't think we missed a redraw. Um, you know, big testament to my team, my my crew worked hard. We got a lot of very dedicated people that help us throughout the week. Our owners have been excellent. Um, but basically, yeah, our consistency was a lot better. Um, we would have liked to get more wins, obviously, but if you, if you're on the podium enough, the wins will come.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I guess. Though you you mentioned how good you were this past season, though, is it a little frustrating at all? Though knowing how good you are, though, and only getting seven races in, just imagine if you were to get a twenty to thirty race schedule in, how much good of a season this this year would have been.
1: Yeah, any any time you're running good, you want to race as much as possible. You know, um, basically when you when you're when you're up front, and you've really got things working. You want to you want you feel like you can go anywhere and take on anybody. Is that truly the case, uh, you know, time will tell, but you want to go and do as much racing as possible.
0: Yeah, and you know, before we kind of get into the media of this interview, Corey, I just want to give you the opportunity to just kind of talk about where Corey Turner kind of got started and to where he is now.
1: Um, you know, I've uh, I've let, listened to a few of the podcasts uh, this week, and you know, a lot of people got, a lot of sprint car racers have been, been racing for a long time, and that's not really the case with myself. I. <laughs> Been around the racetrack a long time. Always watching uh, my dad, my grandfather, my uncles, um, but I didn't really get my start until about ten years ago in a street stock. That was that was the uh, that was the beginning for me.
0: Yeah, and you know, guy kind I of just talk about you know racing in a street stock though those first three years, uh, and then you did transition into a sprint car. Kind of an interesting transition, though I would say, though going from you know a full thunder car to an open wheel car, um, the weight differences, you know everything in between, though I, I that transition had to have been uh, fairly interesting.
1: Yeah, you know the uh, the ultimate goal for me from the start was to get into a sprint car. When I uh, when I started, I obviously didn't have the budget or the funds to uh, to make that possible. But I was really lucky; we had uh, a lot of people really step up. Uh, Ed Leach being one in particular that really helped me get my start in the street stock. And I think the first night I ran it off street again, I think we ran fifth or sixth, but hit absolutely everything on the racetrack but the pace car. Um, so I, you know, had I started in a sprint car right away, probably wouldn't have lasted very long, is what I'm saying. <laughs> but uh, street stock was a great spot to start for me. Uh, all the local tracks that are close to my dad's house, being um, off Maraval Humberstone ran weekly, so you, we had a chance to get a lot of racing in. We ran three nights a week, my brother and I, at one point in 2013. Uh, I think we had about 45 to 50 starts. So you really, really got a uh, got used to racing, and we had to be very, very mindful of of making the best of our equipment and trying to keep all four wheels on the car when you do that much racing weekend and week out. Um, you know, at the end of 2013, I. I'd run three years in a street sock. We'd had some success. We'd won some races. Never did get a championship, but we were really close. Um, and I just wanted wanted something more. I wanted to see, you know, if we could make a, a sprint car team work. And, you know, we uh, we ended up selling our street sock to my buddy Brandon Murrell. After that year, we bought a roller from Steve Poyer and then we got an engine from down in Pennsylvania from Dave Ely and uh, came out the next year. And it was the first year for the crate for the crate sprints at Ashweekend, but we decided we wanted to uh, do a little more racing than we would have felt the crates were going to have. So we ran, you know, a lot of the PST shows that were in, in Canada at Merrittville and Ashweekend. And then we, um, did some SOS racing and then ran weekly at Ashweekend as well. And you know what, there was a, there was a steep learning curve. That's for sure. I can remember a couple nights, uh, uh, one show in particular getting lapped by Steve Poirier twice. So, <laughs> you know, it, uh, it it
0: definitely uh it was it was an eye opener for that one. Yeah, for sure. It, you know, and what piqued your interest though in sprint cars, Corey, you know, because being in Southern Ontario before sprint cars were kind of around, it was the three fifty eight modifieds or Crate Sportsman and um that's what it is honestly predominant here in New York as well. It's not necessarily sprint cars though, but what piqued your interest though in the you know, the wing side of, you know, sprint car racing?
1: My dad always always loved spring cars from the time you know i was young he he was a modified guy you know the wouldn't work any uh weren't many sprint cars around then in the night in the 80s and the 90s when he did most of his modified racing but uh the first memory i have of sprint cars is uh sitting in the grandstands at the sarathees mile watching uh dave blaney and billy pouch do it out and i just couldn't couldn't get over how fast they went and how loud they were and uh you know other than that Next outlaw show we would have seen would have been at the Rampsail Speedway. I can remember Andy Hillenburg picked up picked up the win one night. Um, would have been you know Jack Podchild heyday when he was driving the Pennzoil car. So those are some of the memories I have of sprint car racing. But they were just always so cool and you know so interesting and you know we, it was cool that they had to push the stardom and anything from there. They just there's nothing there's nothing else on dirt even close to them, um, and they just always sparked my interest.
0: Yeah, and you know, talk about racing weekly at Ashwiken I, uh, you know, that's where they do race three hundred and sixty sprint cars weekly, and you've seen the you know evolution and explosion of crate sprint cars, though. But not only that, I think it's just because the track is so freaking fun to run on. You know, we hear about it so much, though. But and you get to run it on every week, though. Um, how how enjoyable though does it make you know racing Friday nights at Ashwiken particularly in a sprint car?
1: We are. Uh... We're extremely blessed to have us weekend as close to, uh, to where we reside as we do. you know, Every Friday night, Glenn gives us a nice uh, nice spot to play, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, and, and I've seen the evolution of the weekly sprint cars. My dad first started running uh, full-time there in 2010. And, you know, when the, the Patriots or the ESS or the SOD back in the day would come in, they would, you know, guys like Jason Barney or Jared Barty or Brian Howland, they would usually... Mop the floor with the Ashwickan locals, minus a couple being Glenn or some of the other front runners. But um, over the years, I feel like the Ashwickan weekly crowd has gotten a lot better, a lot more competitive. I think at the 2019 Nationals, we had about seven or eight Ashwickan regulars in the, in the A Main, and that's up from probably two or three back in 2014 or 2015. So uh, it's always we would we we like to travel, but it's always nice to have a home base. Somewhere you can really get your feet wet. Somewhere you know you can come back to the same track every week, same baseline. You know, it um, travels a whole different deal, which I got a new respect for once I started traveling a little bit more in 2016 or 2017. But as far as running weekly, we're very, very blessed that we have the quality of cars, the number of cars, and the uh, the quality of facility that close to it.
0: Yeah, talk about weekly racing, though, Corey, because you know in New York everyone races on a series there's no weekly racetrack um you know kind of kind of describe the pros of racing weekly and you know you might have a bad night at that racetrack you know one Friday night but then you can come back you know on the next Friday night with a you know a different setup or a different game plan and it kind of works to your favor where you know when serious guys do come in you know they're really only basing it off something they were there for a couple months ago or you know so on and so forth but you know kind of describe you know those advantages of racing weekly at one track.
1: Yeah, race weekly like at one track. Usually, you know, we've seen it as fast as 14-second laps in the future, or we've seen it as slow as 18-second laps. So you never really know what you're going to get when you show up, but generally, based on lap times, you can kind of get a feel of what you should do to your race car uh, going forward. Uh, it's always fun to race every Friday. It's nice to have a short memory. You know, some of the guys that race the tours, you know, in New York State, they might two or three weeks before they get to race again so it's it's a long time if you didn't run well your last time out um and people at the racetrack they have pretty short memories they you know they care about what happened that night they don't care if you won three or four weeks ago that that's a long time in the racing world so it's fun in that regard that if you didn't have such a great night you can really uh really get back to basics and try to come out and, and run a lot better the following week
0: yeah but and then on retrospect though Corey. How much do you think it helps your traveling program, though, racing at one track, you know, figuring out the car? Does it help you at all when you get to travel into New York State or Pennsylvania or even up to the eastern side of Ontario into Brockville-Cornwall?
1: It, it helps in the fact that you're in the car a lot, so you're very sharp as a driver. But when you go to different tracks, I always, you know, I always looked at it as we had a lot of Patriot drivers or ESS drivers come in and uh, race against us. And they were, you know, some of them, excellent, you know, Jared Barty, Brian Howland, Jason Barney, um, very, very good. Other guys, you know, they were middle of the pack cars and then you go to a place where, you know, they might have a lot of laps like Fulton or Canadagua, and or Outlaw and they're exceptional. You know? So when you start to travel as a sprint car racer, it really opens your eyes to, you know, maybe the stuff that works for you at Oshweken, you know, where you know, Auschwitz is a relatively fast track, not as fast as Canandaigua, but probably faster than a place like Outlaw or somewhere else like that. It really opens your eyes to how you set the car up and what works at one track might not be, you know, what works at and might not be the hot ticket at Merrittville or Brockville or Cornwall. So weekly racing helps that you're sharp as a driver, but I wouldn't say it really helps all that much from the setup perspective when you start traveling.
0: Corey, is there a track outside of Ashwiken, though, that you do, I guess, enjoy going to, whether it is in Ontario or even New York or, you know, elsewhere in the Northeast?
1: Uh, I really enjoy running Canandaigua because it's big, it's wide, it's fast. Um, some tracks in Ohio that we've been to that we've enjoyed. There's uh, Waynesfield as well as Eldora. Some of the ones I'd like to get to, I'd like to like to get to Knoxville one day. I like to race at some of the tracks in Indiana, like Gap City, some of the cool high bank bull rings um yeah other than that you know we've been fortunate there's seven good tracks in ontario um haven't ventured into quebec at all would like to possibly get there one day but in new york some of the really like going to to the fulton speedway where we've, we've had a bit of success in the past
0: yeah for sure and you, know, you never forget though that first sprint car win um you know and kind of if you can take us through that whole night though, which was back in August of 2015 at the Brighton Speedway, is there anything that sticks out about that first win in a 360 sprint car? And how special was that though? Just knowing because of how much you love racing sprint cars and quite honestly, the competition is so tough here in the Northeast.
1: Yeah. It, um, you know, obviously our rookie year of racing sprint cars, we were, we were not close to winning our goal. A lot of nights was to to finish on the lead lap and, and get a top 10 and uh you know in 2015 i had a had one close call at south buxton i'd led the whole race chris jones i think got by me late in the race and you know that one stung a little bit but it was the first time i'd really led a race for a while so a few weeks went by and then um we were able to have a really good run at the ess show at Ashweek and i think we ran fifth um addled to the lead for a while and then that next saturday night at brighton we got our first win and Uh, Glenn Steyers was really on top of his game at the time and lucky enough we were able to pass him with seven or eight laps to go and then then hold him off (laughs)
0: Um,
1: and I I never I'll never forget looking up at the lap counter on like lap 22 almost thinking to myself you know we've got this one in the bag and it it got a lot closer than it needed to be so that kind of taught me a lesson right there
0: yeah for sure you know one thing though that Also, though, that's always a big race and, you know, we, everyone has the goal of winning those, you know, the Canadian Spirit Car Nationals, which is this weekend, though. But talk about, though, how much is that, how important is that race, though, to, you know, the Ash fraternity of, of racers and, you know, you talk about how well the competition has increased over the years, you know, and, you know, it certainly showed at the Nationals this past year, though, but, you know, what's the one thing, though, that kind of sticks out to you about that race every, every so year at that weekend?
1: That, ra- that race is, you know, it's our Super Bowl, for, especially for the guys in Canada. any Anybody within five hours, you know, we get guys from Pennsylvania, Texas, Indiana. You know, it's it's the best of the best 360 racers on that weekend, probably within five to eight hours. Um, you know, that's the one everybody wants to win. Up until this year, you know, on, uh, Shweek and Local have never won it. Scott Kerter being the first guy to do it, um, you know, and... The problem with that race is generally we don't see a track that's that slick as an Oshwikian regular. So sometimes the New York guys coming in, they're used to the, the real slick, you know, sealed-up surfaces. They're, they're more, their game plan is probably more primed for that than ours is. So generally, you know, the track is a lot different. It's usually even slick and, and hot laps on the Saturday. But, um, Oshuriken's got a great surface that never, I've never seen it rubber up. It just gets flicked top to bottom and it's really racy. But, um, you know, that race, you know, you can never count yourself out. Brian Howland won it from probably 25th or 26th starting spot five or six years ago. So it makes for great racing. Um, and it's, it's the one that, you know, in my career, I want to win the most.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I guess we'll edit though, as, as far as what is there, I mean, what is there to look forward, though, for 2021 for Corey Turner? Um, and, you know, obviously schedules are, you know, still being in the works for, for a lot of teams. is a lot as well as serious just because it's still kind of unknown, though. But let's just to say, though, there is some type of normalcy coming into this race season, though. What are some goals for Corey Turner in 2021?
1: Um, all things aside, if it wasn't, if it is a normal season, you know, I, I think we have the key, team capable to win in our Championship. Um, possibly a PST Canada Championship. We're planning on doing a little more traveling this year. We've got more equipment, better equipment. You know, uh, we're going to be running for uh, Jason Hill, Jason and Celeste Hill, and their family with Bergburn Barn Racing, and uh, it'll be our third season with them. And you know, we've had a great relationship thus far, and we're really looking to uh, try to take the team to the next level. So, biggest thing on our bucket list: be try to win the Oshweken Championship any of the traveling series that come into Canada, the PST Canada tour or the, uh, the SOS. So it, on a normal season, that would be it. Is it going to be a normal season? I don't know. It's too early to tell, but, um, we're going to want to pick up some more wins and just be a threat anywhere we form to the pit
0: area. All right, Corey. Well, uh, thanks for joining me on the show this week. And, uh, hopefully we can, you know, see you at a racetrack and, uh, hopefully in April of 2021 though, but enjoy the rest of the off season. And if we don't see you, um, you know, best of luck to you, to you and, you know, your entire race team though, in 2021. Thank you very much for having us on the show, Paul. Really appreciate it. That interview was brought to you by CBP media. If you're looking for any type of services such as driver PR, professional photography, graphic design, any type of marketing help, then I'd highly encourage you to contact Curtis Berlew at cbp-media.com. CBP media. Motorsports media that works for you really enjoyed talking to Corey Turner about his uh, past season as well as um, Everything that he's done in the last 10 years in a sprint car especially growing up with his father who was a modified racer We we always seem to see that you know their dads raced modifieds or sportsmen and but now you're seeing the kids race sprint cars, you know, and we're still in a predominant area of how modified and sportsman racing, but you're now starting to see tracks like Ash Weekend that have the last 20 years have built a success of racing 360 sprint cars weekly. And now you're seeing the evolution of crate sprint cars. And then, of course, in New York State, you're seeing the evolution of those 305 sprint cars or micro sprints, and then you're starting to see that feed into those 360 sprint cars. And so, uh are you're, you're it's really starting to evolve though all these drivers that have uh kind of began their careers the last uh, 10 or so seasons. And so a uh, really good interview. And I, I think Corey, and hopefully we can uh, see him somewhere in uh, 2021. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, though, uh, a couple drivers, they are going to be heading South this coming weekend, two drivers that I can confirm that are going to be heading to East Bay this coming weekend is uh Davey Vranick, a 2019 PSD series champion. And then, and Brett Wright and Brett will actually be our guest on the uh, next week's episode of, uh, kind of talk about his time uh, racing down south he's been doing it the last couple of years and he's continuing to get better and he also will attribute that how much this preseason or exhibition and I mentioned earlier really improves his uh, racing program up here in uh, New York and Pennsylvania so we're really looking forward to talking about Brett and hopefully uh, he kind of has a successful uh, time uh, down in a uh, down in Florida he's been doing it the last couple of years and Davey Franick will actually be uh, staying down south and be racing a lot more races down there with uh, the uh, United Sprint Car Series. And so best luck to both those drivers. And uh, if we do hear of uh, any other drivers that are heading south, we'd be sure to push them out on social media and uh, wish them the best of luck. As always, PSD Weekly is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever else. Podcasts may be listened to. You can also... Connect with us on our Patriot Sprint Tour YouTube page, as well as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And as always, please be, v- be sure to visit as because something might be updated on our website this coming week, um, if you're kind of catching my drift there, and so please be on the lookout for that, as something might be announced this week pertaining to this upcoming season, and so... Uh, Really looking forward to hopefully dropping that news. Uh, Once again, special thanks to Corey Turner for uh, taking his time to talk with us this week on this week's episode. Uh, Thank you to all the listeners so far. Uh, Really looking forward to uh, also pushing out to episode 12, which will air next week with Brett Wright. Uh, For once again, my name is Paul Harkner, the host of PST Weekly. We hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Goodbye.